If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today on Horse Chats, we've got Ben Hart again from Hart's Horsemanship. Now, those that have listened to Ben's chats before will know that um, they're certainly worth listening to. And Ben has got a mission to provide safe, ethical and sustainable behaviour training for horses, donkeys and mules worldwide by using the practical application of the science of behaviour. Now, if you'd like to go and listen to Ben, go to horsechats.com, search for Ben or search for Hart, H-A-R-T, or you can even go to heartshorsemanship.com and um, you know, have a little bit of the type of work that he does. We're going to talk today about ways to have a more positive relationship with horses, which of course means that the horses have a more positive relationship with people. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that we're sponsored by internationalhorsecollege.com. And if you'd like to work in the horse industry, but you're not sure where to start, then have a chat to our friendly team at internationalhorsecollege.com. With the wide variety of horse courses from the complete beginner through to the qualified professionals, and students in over 20 countries will be able to consider your individual requirements and guide you in the right direction. Simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com now and start the conversation. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Okay, Ben, are you there? We're going to talk about this more positive relationship with horses. So um, looking forward to talking to you about that, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I'm here and I'm really pleased to, to be sharing a, a few ideas again with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ben, the first idea I'd like to share with you, right, because it's been very much that we've always told the horses what to do, but I know that you really support showing them what to do rather than telling them what to do. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, I, I can exactly. But first, I just want to explain the the concept that these these sort of uh, ideas come from, and it's that we can focus on on one of three things in a relationship. We can focus on what we do, so dressage, competing, hacking, or, or the problem we want to solve, and and um, that becomes a focus of, of our work with the animal. Or we can focus on how we do what we do together so more of a method focus so we focus on the training that we're doing such as you know, natural horsemanship or clicker training traditional classical whatever it is and those produce relationships of a, of a certain type the third way is that we can actually focus on the relationship first and by starting out by deciding the relationship we want this focus allows um, you to decide how you use the other two approaches, either methods or, or what we do or, or what you choose to focus on. And a positive focus on the relationship will guide the choices of methods or even the application of the method. You know, a positive focus on the relationship will guide the decisions that you make um, about what you're going to do and how you're going to do them. I think so often we've got it the wrong way around. We, we start focusing on doing things or the the method we want to use and hope to get the good relationship that we desire out of it. I would suggest that what we should be doing is deciding on the type of relationship that we want first and then allowing that to to dictate how we work and interact with the animal. So 
I hope you'll see that focus on the method um, produces one type of relationship. But if you focus more on a positive relationship, it allows you to make better choices about the interactions that you have with the equine. So that leads into this concept of showing them um, what to do rather than telling them. Now, I don't mean, you know, literally get on, on the ground and do Spanish walk and show them what to do. I mean, make learning as easy as possible. The key word is, is telling. Think about finger wagging and, and parent or a tyrant boss. Avoid telling your horse what to do without regarding their fears or, or true nature. The expectation that you should just be able to tell them what to do and, and unquestioningly they do it can lead to major problems in the relationship. So showing them is more about the journey that you take with them, breaking down the learning into these small steps to make it easy. When you find yourself telling the horse what to do, um, it can mean we've stopped listening to their fears or their apprehension about a situation. And that's not to say that we can't give horses clear boundaries or guidelines, but even those can be set in a, a positive way. One of the best ways to set boundaries is to say yes. I mean, so often... We focus on no, don't do this, no, don't do that. If you focus on those things, we actually shut down behavior. So if you think about maybe a horse that is stepping into your space too much, you know, horses taking personal space is a, is a big issue for a lot of people. You know, as an adult human, it's really ob obvious that if you tell a horse, don't um, step into my space, the opposite must be apply, stay out of my space. But equines are, are much more subtle than that and they actually pay much more attention to the finer elements of communication so it's not that logical and they start thinking well okay don't go in your space maybe but do you want me to be in front of you or behind you or, or close but not too close be further away do I want to bite you nip you do I want to pull back you know there are hundreds of solutions to the problem so by showing your horse rather than telling them you say yes yes that's what you wanted that makes the animal feel comfortable. They can feel relaxed because it's easier for them to offer the behavior that produces positive results. It means that it's more comforting for them. Saying or showing uh, results in a relationship that's based on more positive actions rather than, than being one that's based on negative interactions, such as don't do this, whether that's pulling on a lead rope or pushing them over, tapping them with the whip, whatever it is. That negative telling interactions creates a different relationship to the more positive showing interactions, if that makes sense for everybody. Yes, yeah, it does. It does. You, you said earlier on that you're making the small steps to make it easy. It's a bit hard because we're all pretty ambitious, or we can, we, maybe not all the time, but you know, there's times we get a bit ambitious, but why are we doing the small steps? Can you sort of go into a little bit more depth here of why we take these small steps? Yeah. So obviously, small steps make it easier for the for the animal to learn. We break it down. But when we're talking about the positive relationship, if we break the the steps or the learning into smaller chunks that are more manageable, you get more opportunities to say yes, to praise, to give the animal a reward. And the more you can do that, the better, more positive the relationship becomes. So if I give you an example of picking the horse's feet up. You're training a young horse to pick his feet up. Now, we all know you have to shape the behavior and, and work from stroking down the leg and eventually, you know, you're stroking the hoof. If you then just think, let's pick up that foot and pop it down after a second, that's really positive, it's good. 
However, if you're breaking the behavior into small steps, what it might look like is you just get that animal to relax uh, onto the other three feet. So they just shifted their weight off the foot you're trying to pick up and you reward that. And then you might just get them to tip the heel of the hoof forward onto the toe so that they're shifting that weight and you reward that. And then you might slide their feet around on the ground and you reward that. And then you might move the foot from one spot to another on the ground and reward that before you finally pick up the foot uh, for a second and pop it down again. Now, what that means is these small steps. In the first case where I just picked the foot up, that might have worked, but I had one opportunity to reward and praise. With the shaping and the smaller steps, I've had five opportunities to reward and praise my animal, to say, yes, that's what I wanted. So the small steps begin to increase the amount of positivity, the rewards that we can introduce into the relationship. And that's got to have a positive effect because the animal is more able to learn and more comfortable with the learning. That certainly makes a lot more sense, you know, just to to encourage more rewards, really. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not that you have to do those tiny steps forever. That's particularly in the learning phase. Once the behavior is being maintained, obviously you can stretch out the rewards and, and offer the praise um, more sparingly. That's just how learning works. But And that's often what p- puts people off. They think you've got to do those small steps forever. But it's just part of learning and training rather than what you have to do forever in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And just to do with learning, is there more horses that have more potential than others? You know, there's more horses that have more potential in, you know, better movement, more athletic, can jump higher, go faster. But what can we do with those horses with just a little bit of potential or, or, you know, it's almost like they're not physically able or not able to do anything. What can we do with those horses with those with very little potential? So I think this is about encouraging your horse and, and accepting their potential, whatever it is. You, know, you can end up putting a lot of pressure on your horse to reach their potential or, or more accurately, probably our perception of their potential. You know, I've never met a horse yet that was stood in a field thinking, oh, my goodness, I could go to the Olympics if it wasn't for my owner. You know, uh, and, and a lot of owners get criticized because they're not doing enough with their horses and they should be doing more. And it's a waste of a good horse. You know, horses, if they've got their food and their freedom and their friends. You know, they're not lacking for things. They're not they're wishing to do more. Certainly, there are horses that mentally benefit from going out and being more stimulated but the more pressure you put on an animal to reach the potential that you think they have the more things that can go wrong and it feels a bit contradictory because you want to do the right things for your horse you want to push them it might mean they have a better life they might achieve more things they might be more comfortable but if you don't push them so much it becomes more comfortable in the relationship and it's one of the hardest things to do because our intentions are positive that doesn't mean to say their experience is positive. So the more we go to them continually stretching, trying to do more, jump higher, go further, go faster, go better, then the more pressure that's on, on that. And, and it may be due to confirmation or previous experience or injury or just their natural character. There are some things they, the cost of achieving just isn't worth it. You know, maybe we have to accept our horse can't ride out on their own. You know, so we'll ride out with other people. Maybe we can only jump to a certain height because their confirmation won't allow them to do it comfortably more. Or we just have to accept that potential and enjoy what they can do rather than constantly pushing. You know, what's noticeable is that often in horses that are maybe 
12, 15 years of age, we become comfortable with what they can do because we kind of accept that's who they are and and we work with that. You know, so the earlier you can make this realization, the younger the animal is when you kind of say, okay, let's just take this pressure off and not focus on potential, but but enjoy the journey and you'll end up wherever you do. That's a mystery. But we we so end goal, we focus on the end that we want rather than just enjoying the process. Tell us a bit about the, you know, within training, the consistency and rules, boundaries, and your thoughts on being consistent. Yeah, this is a real key to being positive. You know, people often talk about trust. So a positive relationship is often built on trust, and, and trust is about predictability. To be predictable, though, you have to be consistent. So the more consistent you are, the more predictable you are, and the greater level of trust the animal can have in you, and the more positive the relationship becomes. If you have rules and boundaries and you change them unpredictably, you're you're inconsistent. So how you train or what you ask the animal is going to become nervous and hesitant if you're constantly changing boundaries or rules depending on your mood or or what you've done. It, It doesn't mean to say that you can't change things or apply different ways of learning or methods but do them properly plan them don't do them out of anger or fear or or, you know we we need to think about the changes and make sure they're consistent with our methods and make sure that learning is in the small steps so that change becomes easy for for a young equine the abrupt making of new rules and, and changing what's expected really doesn't contribute to that positive relationship you know if, if you have areas where your horse is more challenging or plan ahead of time how you're going to do it how you're going to deal with that situation be prepared rehearse it so that you can be consistent you know at the moment things are going wrong that's not the time to be thinking about what you're going to do so deciding how you're going to be in these these situations makes you more consistent and having a, sh- a shaping plan is a good way to be consistent because you can set those small steps you've got lots of reward and you don't just chop and change um, between different approaches. So often people make the error of trying something for a little bit. It doesn't work, so they do something else. And they're not persistent enough quietly. That doesn't mean you slave at something forever and, and hope it's going to work. It's about knowing when to persist and, and when to change. And often people make mistakes in this area because they feel peer pressure or because it, it seemed like a good idea at the time, or because showmanship or marketing of a trainer convinces them to use a method or a piece of, of equipment they probably wouldn't do if they stopped and think about uh, that thought about the effects on a relationship. So I would say to people, you know, stop, don't rush in, you know, consider, plan, check out the new approaches, study the trainer. And if you're desperate for help, you know, one of the most important things you can do is make sure you stay consistent. And to do that, I encourage people to have their personal principles written down. So, you know, mine are on my website for people to see. You know, it's about working with honesty, but they include things like don't compromise your beliefs to make more money or gain clients. You know, don't compete or follow, but walk my own path. Safety and balance. Um, think with the horses, you know, guide and work with rather than um, demand or teach. And it's no ego, it's not about me. Don't judge others. You know, these are things that I can check after I've worked with them, have I followed my principles? So I would say to people, you know, get your personal principles out, put them up on the fridge or on the stable door or wherever you can see them so that you can practice them and then review your interactions and check 
that you're actually following your own principles. And that makes you more consistent. And that consistency really increases the, the positivity in the relationship. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available. And the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And I love the way that you've got your personal principles and you've got them there on your website. And um, it sort of shows us a little bit more about Ben Hart, the person, rather than just Ben Hart and how he works with horses. And I think that is a bit, but I think you as a person is showing in the way you talk about your horses anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, and it really, they, they really do guide me. You know, um, you know whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm sort of, after a number of years I've been training, maybe I don't consciously do it so much now, but, but certainly in the early days, I would you know, think about the lessons I'd given or the training or the clinic, and I would be checking, did I do these things? Did I compromise any of those principles? And I think that's why I really encourage people to do the same thing. It takes a little bit of time, but getting them out is, is important for people because it, it then guides you. You know, if somebody's trying to push against your principles and, and you can just say, you know, it's just not in my principles to do that. And that often gives people a lot of strength. So, yeah. You know, you talk a lot about praising your horse. So can you talk to us about, you know, and I know you talk about consistency, so I'm probably you praise your horse unconditionally, but talk to us a little bit more about that. And also, what do you use for praise to praise your horse? So, yeah, praise your horse unconditionally is an interesting concept. There's a lot of talk about positive reinforcement, but what I want to emphasize is be wholehearted in your praise of your equine. So when you're with them and you're using positive reinforcement, be genuine, make it big, make it effective, do it with real joy. Do it that you're rewarding, you're praising the animal. You want them to feel that um, excitement and joy that you're feeling. And that's reproduced by the dopamines, that's reproduced by the dopamine spikes in the brain. And those dopamine spikes are, are what we get when we find something joyous and happy. You know, throughout my career, I, I've seen so many people, they, they will stroke the, uh, the horse between the eyes and say, good boy, as a way of marking behavior. And, my comments have always been, you know, that's a, a positive re- interaction, certainly better than not doing anything. But it's a bit like, you know, if I worked all week and at the end of the week someone come up and give me 50 cents or 50 pence if you're in the UK. And, you know, it, it's not really that positive because horses don't rub each other between the eyes, you know, as a way of, of making contact and rewarding behavior. You know, they only learn good boy means something positive if we paired it with something that's a primary reinforcer. So, we have to be genuine and wholehearted about our physical contact. And so scratching for me, really powerful scratching. I always wear gloves when I'm working with horses. 
because I want to scratch the horse hard enough that I'm, that I'm mimicking the mutual grooming on the withers and the neck, the aloe grooming that they do. So actually when you do it hard enough, the end of your fingers get hot. They get too hot to do it. You want that reaction from the animal where that bottom lip goes and they're kind of moving their head because it's so positive for them. You know, food rewards, that they're really positive and we can use them really powerfully. Sometimes we have to control them and, and we can heat a horse up a lot with food rewards. So we have to be aware of that. But it also means when you're talking to other people, you know, praise your horse unconditionally. Don't say, oh, she's really good, but, or he's really nice, however. It just says he's really good or he's really nice. You know, the more you praise your animal to other people, the more positive your language about them is when you're talking and discussing them. You're training your brain to look for positive behavior. So you'll see more of the desired behavior. That's the way the brain works. We can program it in that way. You know? It's a bit like creating a visualization for your relationship. You know, every time you praise conditionally, you program your brain to see what's wrong. Every time you're sort of unconditional, you tune your brain into seeing your horse's positive attributes and strengths. So you have to be careful what, how you're just talking to others about what you're doing. So it goes beyond just how those scratches are. It's our interaction with our animals in this positive addition of, of rewards and how powerfully we mean them. You can't really fake it. And that's what I see a lot of people trying to do. I use some rewards because they'll make a difference. Not because I really want to tell the animal, yes, that's what I wanted. That was brilliant. That was amazing. Thank you. I suppose if you're looking for that positive behaviour all the time, you're really drawing your attention to the horse's strengths rather than their weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that just leads nicely into exactly this, that we have to think about our horse's strengths and focusing on them rather than our weaknesses. So quite often I see people will be focusing on what the horse can't do. They'll be focusing on its nervous. You know, they'll be they'll be so good in nearly every area, but there'll be one thing that the animal is fearful of or struggles with. And, you know, if you're nervous about riding out with your equine, that, that's absolutely fine. But let's not blame your equine's performance because it's caused by our nervousness. They focus on what they can do, praise the efforts that they make, which is really important. You're, you're learning to try and improve, so don't give yourself a hard time either. That's important. But recognize that we should focus on what they do well, because the more we focus on what they do well, then the more we have to reward, the more we praise, the more comfortable we are in the relationship, and the more positive it is. And the horse can pick up on all of those things. Then just going back to the shaping, you know, you talked about the shaping and the small steps and everything. The horse makes a mistake, tries to figure it out, makes a mistake. What do we do there? You know, they they offer you, you know, for instance, you're asking for a left leg canter. They offer you a right leg canter. Do we say that's great, at least now you're understanding the canter, or do we say no wrong lead? Tell us a little bit about what to do when there are mistakes being made. What should we be doing? Yeah, that's, uh, I like that phrase when, when horses, you know, are not making mistakes, but there are mistakes being made because it sounds less deliberate. Uh, I've talked previously, I think, on podcast about rewarding the try and allowing mistakes and how important it is to, to learning. Uh, if you want a more positive relationship, then we have to acknowledge that you need to allow mistakes. Um, if you're, you're, 
continually trying to correct your animal for mistakes, uh, you're going to end up saying no or wrong a lot of times. So when you're saying the animal's picked up the wrong lead, we don't necessarily need to say no or correct the animal other than just coming back to a walk and trying again. It's this need not to tell the animal it's wrong. We so think that we have to tell the animal, no, don't do this, don't do that, that's wrong, rather than just go and try again. Quietly, calmly, we don't need to make the good things um, easy and the wrong things hard and doing all that. The animals are, are creatures of least resistance. So just allowing them to come back, try again, but then heaping on that praise, that unconditional, yes, that's what I wanted. What goes wrong is we get the right hand to lead and then we don't want to stop because now it's all broken down. But we've got to recognize training as opposed to when the job is finally complete. So we get the animal going forward and then we stop them to give them praise. People are reluctant to do that. So we have to be more flexible with all of these things. You know, practice flexible thinking other ways than we're working with behavior. You can learn from the horse too. Maybe actually if you look at that situation, the reason they're taking the wrong lead is because the way you're sitting or because you're asking in the wrong way or you're asking at the wrong moment in their um, stride, all sorts of things. And we just tend to think we're perfect trainers. And I don't mean that nastily, but we forget the element of our own error in asking or communicating with the animal. So trying to allow them to make these situations, piling in the positive. We tend to see them very isolated. Oh, you allow a mistake. or How do we deal with that? Well, it depends on how good your praise is, how good your small steps are. Um, how positive you are about that, whether you're putting pressure on to reach the potential. If you're really trying to reach the animal's potential, you're less likely to ignore the mistake because it's frustrating because it's a barrier to success. Whereas if you're enjoying the journey, then you just go, okay, so we took the wrong lead and we'll just try that again. And when we get it right, wasn't that fantastic? Now, something that you've got in your notes is laughing with them, not at them. Can you give me an example of laughing with a horse and then if you're laughing at a horse, what's the difference? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, this is a tricky one for a lot of people to, to kind of comprehend because I think it's hidden in the human psyche. But the simple principle, it just changes the way we think about animals' behavior. It's great to have fun. And we should be having fun in training. It's great to laugh. It's great to feel the joy of it, you know, enjoying the journey that. There's a positive influence on the relationship. It's great to laugh at ourselves even and not take things too seriously and, and just make mistakes. However, what we see, I hear a lot of is people kind of laughing at their equine for what they do, for being a bit silly about something, but not, not necessarily getting something. And it's almost laughing at their true nature. And when we, when we laugh at the way that they maybe spook at something or they're being silly, you know, there's a classic sort of phrase where people go, oh, he's just being silly, you know, and there's, there's humour in that. What we do is we, we disassociate from their experience and we stop empathising with their situation. So we hear owners, you know, talking or laughing about their animals' mistakes or just being a horse in some, some way. and it says something about the relationship, which isn't all positive. You know, this is why laughing with them is important, having fun, enjoying. So many people get horses to have fun and they just end up so tense because they're focusing on the wrong things, as opposed to 
disassociating with our experience with them. And, it, and it's quite a tricky sense because most people wouldn't, it's not a deliberate wanting to, to make them a bit of a joke or to find them unpleasant. We don't mean it in a nasty way. But when we kind of, we see it on social media a lot, people having a little laugh at their animal's expense because they've done something silly or it just damages the relationship. Yes, yes, it's something that you wouldn't do to your best friend. You wouldn't laugh at them. You know, you might have a bit of a joke with them. Does that sort yeah. of... Yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's, it's how, you know, if you were in a relationship and someone was laughing at you, that feels really negative and uncomfortable because it changes the dynamics. Whereas if you can laugh at yourself or you can, you know, have fun together, then that is much more acceptable and boosts the relationship. So it shouldn't be any different with our equines. Yes, yes, we we just want to be spending quality time with them, don't we? Yeah, and, and which is which is the kind of ninth idea in this thought process is that so often we're busy coming back to trying to reach our potential and doing big steps and going places that we forget to spend quality time. Do we actually set? Do we actually sort of schedule in quality time exercises where you do nothing but enjoy being with your equine? You don't have a goal. Don't appreciate. You know, I've got um, a little ebook on on having a better relationship with your horse, and I deliberately put ten exercises in there that are just quality time exercises. They're activities where the owner is just spending time observing the animal or being with them, doing something for no reason whatsoever, other than to enjoy the company of their equine. And as we get more competitive, as we get more pressure to do things or have a method or achieve things, this is something that we can just miss out. Because you know, we think we're not doing anything. What, what are you doing with your horse? You're not going for a ride. No, I'm just standing in the field and we're just grazing in hand. Or what, what are you just doing sitting with your horse? You know, well, I'm, I'm actually just drawing a little picture on I'm thinking about this or I'm doing a quality time exercise. And if you can do those once a week or preferably twice a week, you, you get a bit more balance in the whole relationship again, that quality time as opposed to you coming down the yard and, and the horse kind of going, oh, no, here she is again. What have we got to do today? And rather than actually, you can imagine again in human relationships, if, if you have someone that always wants something, that is always pushing you, that is always trying to make you do more, pretty soon you want to avoid them. I don't see why it'd be any different for, for equines. We become associated with the training we do and the things that we are. So spending some quality time, just doing some really nice, enjoyable things that have no purpose other than to spend with our animals an important element of having a better relationship and a more positive one. Yeah, I suppose it's all about the whole enjoying the journey, isn't it? Yeah, and, and this is something, you know, I just enjoy the journey, get a smile, have fun. You have to bring that positivity to the relationship, line up, cut both of you some slack. It's, I, I just should be self-evident you know but it's perhaps the hardest thing to do because sometimes we are so caught up in the relationship that we don't notice that we've become tense that we've actually started to really try and push them past their potential or that um that we've become more method focused or more driven to achieve something and there are a couple of ways that i would say to people that you know you need to check this. You need to focus on this. And, and one is you can get someone to just take a little video of you. On a phone is fine. Just have someone film you interacting with your equine during a training session or, or routine handling, something you might be doing. And then just sit back and, and watch that afterwards several times and get a sense of 
what you see in that video about yourself and the relationship. You know, write these things down, explore them, check with the person that was actually filming. What did you see the same thing? So actually, you do a check in that. Is the relationship as I, as I want it to be? It's the same as sitting down with your partner and going, "Where are we going next? And how is this working?" And having that sort of conversation, which can feel uncomfortable, but it's really powerful. The other thing um, that you can do. Um, if you don't want to video yourself, and I know that's often a problem for people, is to go, okay, let's imagine that you were an independent observer sitting on a fence watching the whole interaction. So think about something that you've done recently, some training, some handling. Imagine you were sitting on the fence, you don't know any of the people or the animals involved, and you just kind of replay what would have been seen by this person. And it, it's a visual exercise and you look at it and you see what's happened and then you make some judgments about what that person on the fence would have seen. Uh, so did they see the tension? Did they see the pleasure and the enjoyment or the fun in the relationship or not? And that gives you a clue to are you enjoying the journey and still smiling and having fun? You know, so I, I would say that you know, horsemanship is supposed to be a, a journey it's supposed to be a joy to do and yet I find so many people put so much pressure on themselves to succeed and to be perfect for their horses funnily enough they put so much pressure on the horses themselves because they as a human are trying to be perfect so I'd say cut some slack for, for the equine cut some slack for yourself and end up with a more positive relationship which ultimately will allow you to do more and be safer it certainly makes sense. And Ben, just talking to you, you know, you talk about your personal commitments and principles. There's so much of that that comes out. And I think it's almost like get the relationship right with yourself and uh, get it right with the horse at the same time. Totally. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. But for me, if you focus on the relationship, if you, if you work more on yourself first, everything else gets easier after that. Um, and they're a great opportunity to to learn and, and improve ourselves. Um, we, we take everything of who we are to our equine. And when we start to enjoy that process instead of putting pressure on, people can just relax and enjoy horses more. No matter what level you're at, no matter what you want to achieve, um, we know they're sensitive creatures, but we forget that they see right through us all the time. Yep. Yeah. Ben, love chatting to you. Love your thoughts and um, your perspective on all of this and... I think it's it's important to all of us to get that positive relationship with their horses, but I think the way that you take it apart and sort of put it all together, you know, just the information you're giving is um, just a, a little bit of a different process for people to think about, you know, when they're with their horse. You know, just going back to that whole quality time, spending quality time, it all sort of boils down to that, doesn't it, to have that positive relationship. Yeah, I, I think, as I said, right at the start, you know, it is about focusing on the relationship first. I often say to people, it's a bit like if you, if you got married, most people don't take marriage guidance uh, counselling on, on day one of the relationship or the day after they've got married. But perhaps we should. We would actually have better relationships with our, with our human partners. So my focus is, is through the years learned that so many people want to do the right thing. They, they want to have a good relationship with their equine. And yet they don't start out with that relationship in mind they just start out doing things or they start out applying methods and then they find that they're way off course and they don't have the relationship that they wanted with the red wine 
that actually brings about the success that they wanted in the first place. It doesn't matter whether you're show jumping or, or doing dressage or just enjoying your horse at home or, or hacking out. That element is the foundation for everything else. And once you focus on that, you, you can build from it. Ben, looking forward to chatting with you some more about this. I think um, the um, subjects you talk about, you know, the subjects on your website too, which is heartshorsemanship.com. So if people would like to listen a little bit more to Ben, go to horsechats.com, search for Ben or search for Hart, H-A-R-T, and uh, just to get a little bit more on his perspective and working with horses and getting that positive relationship. Um, there's also a lot of information on his website, which is heartshorsemanship.com. And if you can't write those down, just go to horsechats.com, search for Ben, search for Hart, and you'll find all those details. And on the bottom of each page with each chat we do, his details will be on that. And you'll be able to contact him if you do want to clarify anything with him, if you want to contact him about workshops or if you just want to um, contact him for some other reason then um, please go ahead and do that thank you ben for coming on thanks for sharing and um, we're looking forward to catching up with you again yeah uh, thank you i just hope everybody continues to enjoy their journey and, and find their own path to, to horsemanship whatever that is i'm sure we will thanks ben bye-bye thank you bye-bye if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.